Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Celtic Down Under podcast. I'm your host, Jared, and joining me tonight is John. How are you, John? I'm very well, Jared. I'm good. I'm um, just preparing myself to head off to the Black Sea front. So, you know, we're all, we'll be off to Ukraine very shortly. So enjoy Celtic as much as you can. Oh, <laughs> uh, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to talk about, if anyone watching on YouTube channel or anything, John's shirt, like that. that's just like... a amazing shirt great floral <laughs> it is but yeah, you know you want to talk the... about potential world war three so good fun <laughs> well i might as well you know lean into my femininity just now whilst it's gonna be hyper masculine in the yeah the ukrainian fronts <laughs> uh, yeah good fun <laughs> anyway um just wanted to uh let everyone know that uh sydney csc they've got an upcoming what is a boat cruise, isn't it, John? Yeah, yeah. So the boat cruise is um, March twelfth, I think it is, or very, or sometime in March. Um, and uh, guests are welcome. So uh, I think it's just like another twenty bucks or something like that. So if you've got, um, if you just want to turn up yourself, even if you're not a member, you don't have to know a member. Just get in touch with the Sydney City CSC. But if you're a member, it's like twenty bucks or twelve bucks. It's pretty cheap. So it should be a good day out. I'm, yeah. I'm unfortunately out in Broken Hill. Which is very annoying, but um, oh, I think anybody anybody who can go should go. Oh, nothing wrong with Broken Hill; it's great. There's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with Broken Hill, but it is in the middle of nowhere. So, and there's plenty, certainly plenty not a boat cruise out there. Plenty of pubs, plenty of uh, <laughs> no, street fights, and uh, you know, <laughs> drinking alcohol out of brown paper bags. Perfect, happy days. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, that's it. Not, not pretty Any much there, my Saturday night anyway. Know exactly what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> if anyway, anyone doesn't know well, what Broken Hill is, it's in the absolute middle of Australia. It's really much, very much in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, pretty much. It's borderline on. They're basically one of the last main towns in New South Wales before you go into the desert. Pretty, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and it's the desert I'm going to. So there we yeah. are. Have fun. Make sure you take your sunblock, Johnny boy, and uh, <laughs> we'll get on with it. So, thanks very much. Before we uh, start, everyone, we thanks to everyone who has subscribed already to our podcast on our YouTube channel and also in the podcast app. We really appreciate that. If you're listening in and you haven't done so, please subscribe. Help us grow the Celtic Den Under podcast because we appreciate everyone who tunes in. Um, also, we've got our Facebook group. Uh, Celtic Down Under, we've got a Facebook page, we've got the uh, Instagram page, which doesn't really get used much other than for um, 
sharing our podcasts on there, but that's at Celtic Down, as you can see on the screen, and also on Twitter, same at Celtic Down. Uh, we're going to have a new writer starting up for our website soon, so www.celticdownunder.com. Check that out, and uh, yeah, we'll crack on to the actual podcast. So we had a, um, since our last pod, first game we played was Celtic 1, Bodo Glimt 3 in the Conference League. Starting lineup for Celtic, Joe Hart and goals, Juranovic at right back, Carter Vickers and Staff out at centre-backs, Greg Taylor at left back, McGregor, O'Reilly and Rogic in the midfield, Abada, Jota and Maeda as up front. What was your thoughts on the game, John? Oh, we started so well. The podcast started so good, so positive. Um, I, I, the word that sums up that game for me was just embarrassing, to be honest. Um, I, look, I, I was, uh, as you know, absolutely raging after that result. I actually turned it off at 2 0 and had to, and eventually just watched it back a couple of days later. But I, I, there's so much to, to, to talk about about that game and talk about uh, Celtic fans' reactions and the Conference League in general. And we really could spend an entire podcast on it. But I think what it's, what the, I think the reason why my reaction was, was, so much of disappointment was the way that I feel about the conference league is I realistically see that as a competition that we could probably win. And that would be for me, uh, some European success that we haven't had in a very long time. And we probably won't have again, or the opportunity again for quite a long time. And there's, there's reasons for that. Obviously now that, you know, um, Scottish football has two teams that could go into the champions league, going forward eventually. Um, and then as you sort of drop down in the, in the tables and the competitions and stuff, it moves into Europa and the Conference League and stuff. We, we Celtic will probably not have another opportunity to be in the Conference League. If we're going to be in the Champions League and we drop out, it'll be it'll be into the Europa most most likely, right? Um, so that this for me was an actual opportunity to have some European um, glory again. And, and I, I fundamentally disagree that it's a Mickey Mouse competition. We've had, you know, it, it's just a new competition. We've, we've, I've never had it, but we've had three European um, competitions before, all had some sort of prestige to them. Um, and and for me personally, look, I think we can all honestly say that we're just not going to be winning the Champions League anytime soon. I think that's a, you know, I think we can all be honest and, and realistic there. For me personally, we're not going to be winning the Europa League for the next probably half a decade. It's just not going to happen. We need consistent investment in in Scottish football and the Celtic team to actually realistically compete towards the end of the Europa League. Get towards the end of Europa League and it's as tough as the Champions League. It just is. So this was actually, and with all of, you know, Celtics, all of Celtics European success, for for some of us to go, oh, I didn't want to win it anyway. I'm glad. Now now we can just concentrate on the league. I just think it's, me personally, I just think it's a, a really bad attitude to have I want to win every single competition that I'm in. I want Celtic to play well in every single game we play well. Even even if we are on an off game, I at least want our players to turn up and try hard. And I think this game really summed up a team and a group of a group of men who um, just thought we were going to win it by default. And that's how it that's how it came across in the entire game. And we got embarrassed really early on. We, I mean, the football that they played just embarrassed our defence immediately, immediately with that sort of, you know, passing around the back, passing around our defence, sorry, and just scoring that early goal. Yes, okay, I, I absolutely accept that probably after that we dominated the game as, as far as possession goes for 50 minutes, but we never really turned it into anything. Um, and and for a team to score three goals away at a, at a place like Celtic Park, Celtic Park is just not good enough just not good enough um so yeah we could probably single out individuals um Which we I, I will do think... when i start talking john <laughs> yeah yeah we absolutely look and we and exactly so we'll probably go through that but i think as an overall team i think we just really really um walked into that thinking that it was a given um that's how it came across or either that they just didn't care like, that's what it came across as and i think both are really bad um, mentalities to walk into a game like that. We should be beating a team like Bodo Glimt. As good as they are, 
as good as they were, and that really is a prototype of what, and I think you were saying this, Jared, when you were on Axon, or somebody was recently, um, that it, that is the prototype of what Celtic should be playing at. And we should be actually at a better calibre because we're in a better league, we have exposure to better opposition, um, and we should have better players. But we were we were really shown up in that game. They were very, very well drilled. And I think some of the reaction of Celtic fans afterwards, as I've said, was really bad. And I, and I'll, I'll, I won't read out who said this because I think that's just not, there's no point in doing that. But this was a comment I saw um, on a Facebook forum, uh, which I, I'll just sum up as it was a complete criticism of Ange and his tactics. I don't get this. In his 50s, gem of a manager, apparently, strangely never picked up by a European team, one trick pony with no plan B, did you see Newcastle today? Eddie Howe is transforming the team. The best Newcastle team I've seen in years. That's why we wanted him. He would have wiped the floor with Sefco. That's that's utter absolute nonsense. How what what does what does Ange have to do to to convince Celtic fans that he turned up? He wanted to win that game. That was with the players that we had, arguably our strongest team, or at least one of them. At least one formation of our strongest team we could. That it was ha- absolutely nothing to do with Ange and his mentality, all to do I've, with the players on the pitch. So I've got to yeah, respond look, to that, John, because yeah, simple facts. Ahead. People like that who talk about oh Eddie Howe this and Newcastle's going well on that. Okay, let's be straight up. Eddie Howe had almost three months to come to Celtic. He bitched up and ran away. Pretty did much. not want to come here because apparently his backroom staff couldn't come with him. So Ange got on a plane from Japan, flew halfway across the world, didn't bring any support staff with him and has basically shown with the way he addresses the media, the way he talks, what he's building, that he's the right man for the job and there's always going to be one absolute knuckle dragger in the comment section. We all always know that. But mm. that sort of comment, whoever says that, you don't know football. Sit in the corner and shut up. That's all I've got to say. Like that sort Absolutely. of person has no idea. And it's not constructive. And that's the sort of stuff that we went through last year with Neil Lennon in charge. They had Celtic fan turning on Celtic fan, the fans turning on the board, and the pl- and the fans turning on the players and everything it made it such a toxic environment and we're on such an upward trajectory that we do not need that sort of negativity and that sort of thing there over one game you're kidding yeah. me right yeah uh, look for what andrew's and done and 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 the fact that um you know he even has repeated that this is um a rebuild season and to be where we're at on a rebuild season um it it you know Luxury doesn't even begin to describe how um, you know privileged and stuff we are as Celtic fans to to have to be in this position and stuff. He's been an absolutely fantastic appointment, but for me, unfortunately, that was that was one comment among many that shared similar um, thoughts and opinions, um, and I just find that bizarre because if if Ange came into that game and he played fringe players and he played you know youth players, players from the B team and stuff, I could probably see that argument. Well, not that argument. I could see an argument that Ange didn't really care about the competition at all, but he did. It was the players on the pitch, the, the fans as well. The, fan, the fans turned up. The, you know, that was a full stadium, and they were singing their hearts out. And we, so we wanted to win it, which is why it completely blows out the argument of this being a Mickey Mouse competition because it's just, it, it just isn't. It's a Mickey Mouse competition now because we're all probably resigned into the fact that we're not going to win this tie. If we were, if we got through. <laughs> If okay, fair enough. That's probably my interpretation. But um, you know, if we were through to one to the to the finals or to the latter stages, we would not be calling this a Mickey Mouse competition. Exactly. It, it's but, it's far from. It's a it's a chance at a little bit of European success where we're probably not going to get some again. Realistically, for probably half a decade, if not more. Yep. So why I went so hard on that whole Ange thing, and it's not because he's Australian, it's because, as we're saying, we're building something. And that's the key thing. I'm going to put that in the comment. Now, Damo, g'day, mate, in the comments, and g'day, Paddy, also in the comments there. But, yeah, the whole Bodo aren't no slouches. They're a class side, is what Damo has said. Now, 
He's right. But normally you look at the stats after a game, right? And you look at – if you looked at a game, he going, the score was 3-1. And you look at it going, 16 shots, 6 on target, 63% possession, 270 more passes, 12 corners to nothing in our favor, right? You look at all that sort of stuff to seven shots, four on target, you'd think we'd be the team winning 3-1. So yeah. it's a game of fine margins. That's the easiest way to, to sum this game up. Now, what I said when I was on Axon, and I'm going to say it again now for this podcast as well, is photo glimped are probably two to three years ahead of where we are in terms of playing this high press. They made our 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 guys look second rate in terms of they suckered us in and forced us to press in certain areas of the pitch that they knew once they beat that press, that midfield would be wide open. And that's what the biggest issue for me in this game was. The midfield was non-existent, which in turn led to their first goal. Taylor comes running I think we might just off. be losing you a bit there, Jared. I think, I think the point that you were bringing up was um, that Butterglimped are two or three years ahead of where Celtic is. And, and and really that's the prototype of where we want to be building towards, which I, I absolutely agree with. And I think that's where Ange is trying to grow Celtic. So it's John who's just dropped out. So that's where the issue was. So um, yeah, what I was saying is Taylor comes up because there's no midfield and that's how we get caught out for the first goal. For the second goal, it was just rubbish defense really clever uh, flick on. And uh, then when you look at the third third goal, it was just a, unfortunately, it was a, um, a deflection. So if Kel McGregor is hitting that deflection, gets that deflection, there's nothing Joe Hart can do, nothing the defense can do there. So, like, I don't know, I just find it really uh, interesting with what's happened. But what we can do, anyone in the comments who wants to uh, – Join in. We'll uh, I'll be wait for John to get back on. So, Damo, you've said they're a counter-attacking side, exactly, and that's how they tore us apart. And, uh, yeah, we need to bench Starfelt and Taylor is what you've said. Uh, I would agree with Taylor and not Starfelt because with him and but Starfelt and Taylor, uh, Starfelt and Carter Vickers have got a good got a good uh, thing going on there. With um, the Glimp game, yeah, they, they pressed us well. Um, I think overall, we're still a chance. It's only half time in the tie. So, yeah, I think it'll be uh, okay. I think it's still winnable, but we'll talk about that a bit more later as well. All right, guys, while we wait for John to come back, we'll um, I'll get into the comments that have come through. So we had um, Damien is like, I reckon we score early tomorrow. We can take them. I agree 100% on that. Um, Vital Celtic News. They isolated Abada by forcing to play down Jota's side and then doubled up on Jota. Exactly. We're capable of beating Bodo in Norway if we get early goals. Correct. Edward has put three degrees Celsius expected in Bodo. Yeah, we'll um, it'll be a bit cold. We'll talk about that a bit later on. Paul, we'll talk about your one that you put in the comments a bit later on when we preview. So John's back. What the hell happened? You're having dropout issues, mate. <laughs> We've been having really, really bad storms in Sydney for the past, oh God, week and a half. So I think there's something going on with that. Sorry about that, guys. Oh, good. So, yeah, realistically, all I was saying is we've gone through some of the comments. I think that best option for us, John, because where we're at with the pod, we've gone through that game. There's no point rehashing at all. Everyone pretty much knows where we're at. It's half time. And when we talk about previewing the game later on, I still think we're a shot. As Damo said in the comments earlier, score the early goals, it's game on. Oh, God, I wish I had your guys' optimism. <laughs> Three goals is good. Look, if we do it, I'll be, I'm happy to be proven wrong. Uh, but yeah, might even put a bet on that because that's worth it both ways. Well, look at it this way. At least it's not away goals because if it was still away goals, it'd be six goals. Yeah. yeah. So we'd need, we'd need at least five. So... Hey. On aggregate, hey, look, so at least we don't away. have away yeah. goals anymore. Yes, I, I absolutely agree. We will have to bloody turn up though because we only managed to score one against them. So, thing you, you're right. Enough though, chances. That's the thing. We had enough chances. We could have scored three or four in the first half last week. We didn't, and then they took their opportunities. So, 
I'm yeah. I still think this it's all there to play for. I don't think for a second that it's gonna be a a simple, simple, straightforward game. But we'll we'll preview that now and then we'll review the Dundee game if you want, John, since we're talking about it. What do you Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, happy to do that. So Paul's put a comment here. Says, do we do you think we should have taken the opportunity to train in Norway? Apparently we turned it down. Now, going into the game, the I got a quote from some newspaper, I can't remember which one it was, but it was the hoops could face snow, thunderstorms, fifty mile an hour gales and sleet rain when they take on Bodo Glimt in the second leg. Now one of the Bodo players and Stefan Johansson have also come out and said that they think this tie is far from over and Celtic's a good chance to win it. So I think we're a chance as well, even though it's on a plastic pitch. They've been training in Spain for the last how long? Last month, right? Then they come to Glasgow and play us to then go back there to three degrees Celsius and playing in the snow and everything. I think it's going to be a shock to the system as much as it's going to be to us. And by not training on the pitch, yeah, it could be an issue. But I still think because there's enough plastic pitches in Scotland that we've played on over the years, we should be okay. What's your take, John, going into the game? Um, well, like I said, I'm I'm naturally fairly pessimistic with most th- most things, I guess. Um, so I I think it's going to be look. I, I think it's going to be a fantastic night if we manage to put three away, um, and also not concede. Um, I think some guys have pointed it out in the comments that well, it is a very very well drilled team. They know exactly what they're doing, although they might not be of the caliber that we think they might be. Um, well, I mean, you could probably argue that they probably are, and they've just um, not been scouted well. But um, everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody, the, their phases of football is very, very good. Um, so you know, even when they're not in possession, they move quite well. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be a tough one. I really, really do. I don't think it's going to be a straight. We're going to go away and score uh, three goals, even if we score early and not concede. Um, so. Fingers crossed that we do end up getting, you know, the right aggregate and stuff. But, uh, yeah, hey, look, I think it's going to be a tough game. Um, um, so fingers crossed. Like I say, it'd be good to put a bet on just to, you know. So if if, if you do get it, then it's good, fantastic both ways. It's, you know, Celtic win and you get a bit of, get a dosh in. But What yeah. score prediction are you thinking then? I mean, look, I, I, if I hand on heart, I think, I think it'll be something like a 2-2. Um, well, I think it'd be a really solid draw. Um, I would even probably say that I could, you know, maybe maybe three two four two. But I I I just think it's going to be very difficult to do what we all are hoping to do. Um, we we struggle to finish chances that we had. You know, we just don't have that uh, clinicalness that you might say if you had a Kyogo up front. Or I mean, look, we can even argue that maybe um, Jackamacus is coming into a form that you really expect him to. Um, but I know Liam's not on the pod, but I personally still think Maeda's a little bit off what we would hope he was at. Or actually, to be fair, what we what we need him to be at. Because for him, he's come to Scotland, you know, from Japan. He's still probably settling in and all of that stuff. Um, so it might be unfair to put too much on him at this point. And, he, and you know, Liam has said, uh, and lots of other people say, he's a, he's a very good standard of player. So, and you, we can all see that he's a good standard of player as well. Like he's not... He's not like some of the other strikers that we've signed or the wingers and they've just not really, you can kind of tell straight away they're never going to cut it. You can tell he's going to get there, um, but he's not quite where we want him to be right now. So hopefully Jackamacus is there. Hopefully Jackamacus starts. Um, but yeah, what we, really need, what we really need is a Kyogo in that game because that's the type, that's the type, of, that's the type of striker that would have just ripped them apart, I think. What you're saying about Maeda makes sense but not for the reasons you've said it. Lockton is adjusting for me. Fair what enough. I think, no, in my my point of view is the reason Hatade has been hit and miss and Maeda has been hit and miss as well is because they've just played a full season and then they've come to Glasgow. So people are thinking, yeah. oh, we're signing these guys. These are some new signings. Why are they hit and miss? But at the end of the day, this is like an extension of a season. So I think we'll see a better quality of player out of these guys in particular once they get a break and we get straight, we win the league, go straight in the Champions League, and they get a break perfect. 
But at the moment, that's I'm giving them leeway for that reason. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's actually a really fair um, comment. To be honest, they, they they really haven't had a proper break yet. Uh, hey, look, I mean, how, how do you feel about? Um, and this kind of goes into the to the um, Dundee game and stuff. But um, how do you feel about Maida on, on the wing rather than straight up front? I think it kind of suits how he wants to run at defenders. He might even be better at um, if he was one or two, like a partnership up front as well. That's how I'm he not sure. He, he was playing off the left, coming back in. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I probably would say that that's where he's more comfortable, to be honest, because I would say that he's, um, he's been. This is just me, how I'm interpreting how he's been playing, but I would say he's been playing as a poacher type forward or or centre forward. Whereas really, you know, he's got all that speed and he wants to be running facing goal rather than his back. Although he's not doing that poorly at all. He's just not quite clinical. I mean, it, I, I mean, we're talking about tiny little details and I just think something will snap at some point with him and he'll be absolutely unreal. I, I do believe that. It's just right now we kind of needed that to happen <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Anyone for you, John. What I see will happen, Kyogo will come back in at centre forward He'll go out to the left. Jota could move over to the right. I, I and I think I think that could really That's work. Central but football, you, right there. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, um, and you know, it's not bad to have those options as well because a, a badder is. I also think he's going to be an absolute player. Um, still yeah. very very young, and I mean, he has hot and cold moments as well. But when it's when it's good, that guy is just lightning. To be honest. He's, he's uh, so it's good to have those problems. Yeah. So Damo in the comments, he's gone. Maeda is going to be brilliant. I prefer him up front. He's not getting the right delivery, to be honest. Quite yeah. possibly. Yep. Yep. I, I think it could be so, a case of the delivery. Yep. Yep. So back to the preview of the Glimp game quickly. For me, I'm looking at it going realistically with their goalkeeper being out and with what the saves he made against us. And then you've got us going in there hungry with the kick up the ass we needed. Um, like you got Paul in the comment has said two versus he's on two all extra time and maybe penalties, but that won't work on aggregate for extra time. So we rule that one out. For me, I'm saying at the start of the season, I said Ange would rather win five four than a one all than one nil, right? And I can say it. We go there and we win four one, and it becomes a five four. We got to get that early goal that Damo was talking about. I'm not. I haven't been drinking. I'm not. Like, <laughs> I'm not just. You know. I'm just saying it because why not? We can dream, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. Like, hey, I, I, I truly, truly believe that happens. I do. That'd be entertaining to watch for sure, and that's what Angela loved about. I'd love to see the old, um, the odds I'd get on that. But anyway, we'll move along to the. Uh, Dundee and Dundee game. So Celtic three, Dundee two. We had um, a starting lineup of Hart and goals, Rolston at right back, Carter Vickers and Starfelt centre back, Juranovic at left back, O'Reilly, McGregor, Hatade in the midfield, Jota, Jack and Macus, and Maeda up front. So that's that lineup where I said four about Maeda playing left, Jota playing right, get Jack and Macus up front, gets a perfect hat trick. One with the right, one with the left, one with the head. Happy days. Um, I'll just quickly say, have my piece to say on their their first goal was soft. Like ball comes in from a corner right across the six yard box. Where's the centre back on the six yard box putting his head on that to clear it? That is what the biggest issue was because they had two guys against one guy at the back post. Like the defender there couldn't do anything about that, but we need someone on that six-yard box, big bastard just putting his head on the ball and just clearing it away. Pretty simple, right? Basic centre-back football. The The stats for this game were pretty one-sided. 19 shots, six on target, 82% possession to us. They had 190 passes. We had, six, we had 794, so we had 604 more passes than them. Man. And, yeah, 11 corners to two. Best part of this, other than Jackamacus coming in, batting in a bunch of goals, was 
the fact that Rangers also dropped points. So now we're three points clear on top. You're beauty. Happy days. What a swing that is, by the way. What, what, what I think, oh, the, correct me if I'm wrong, but before Christmas, we were four points behind. And now. Day was not, I think it's, I think it's seven or nine point swing. Good God. That is that is some doing. But, you know, Ange's, you know, a one trick pony, apparently. <laughs> and apparently, they are, we, we run the league and changed everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. The conspiracies again, yeah. Well, which, which you know, Celtic fans are guilty of going on about as well. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 even funnier when it's been heavily established that those in power are all of the other persuasion and all you know doing secret handshakes and stuff. But you know, everyone's benef- everyone's out could uh, benefit Celtic apparently. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, the best so. You got any other things you want to add about the game? Like, for me, I like Juranovic playing for us. I'd rather him at right back. But the thing that I didn't touch on earlier because technical difficulties, I lost my train of thought then. I was just reminded, Taylor is good enough at domestic level. In Europe, Absolutely. we need Juranovic to play left back. That's what we need. Absolutely. In Europe, Juranovic at right back. And it's got to, we've got to upgrade left back next off season. But yeah. Aylan Ralston are good enough for us. But yeah, I just wanted to bring that up all I remember. I mean, it's it's it, that that has happened in Celtic's um history and stuff. If it's recent history where and I'm thinking of people like Johnny Hayes and maybe when Izagiri came back for the second stint, where we've had players come in, they've they've done us a job, they're at a pretty good standard, um, and they work for the domestic scene because we need to rotate a lot. Um I think Taylor is even a little step ahead of all of those, I think Taylor can have some fantastic games, you know, and he really contributes. He seems to have responded to Ange's system quite well. Um, but you're absolutely right. I, I can't disagree. European scene, he's just not quite there. And there's a few players like that as well, I think. Um, depending I'll, I'll on what Tom Rogic, same, same issue. Yeah. I'd, I, rather, I, I, I'd rather in that role play O'Reilly or push McGregor forward and put someone else in, then play Rogic, especially away like we're going to have on, like against Glimt. Like I don't see, Plastic Pitch Rogic doesn't like them very much at the best of times, but um, yeah, I'd rather, you, you can't have, like Turnbull and Rogic didn't work together. O'Reilly and, Tur- and Rogic didn't work together. I think he's one in Europe where sometimes you need that. I'd rather have Biton play and push Kelmac forward. And then yeah. that releases O'Reilly into the ten, so I'd rather that. Then I, I, I think I agree. He's going to struggle, and it's a it's a it's a hard one if you're the decision maker because when Rogic is doing so well on the domestic level, and you have a European game, it's really hard to justify not sticking him in the team. But but you but you're not wrong. It's just I think it's just a fact of the type of player he is. He is, um, and I think it's the type of European football. I think. Scottish football is very, very unique. And I think Rogic suits that system. Um, whereas, look, if you look at the other side of Glasgow and stuff, they seem to do dramatically better in Europe than they do domestically, especially of recent times. Um, and that's probably because the type of players that and the system that they play is more suited to a European scene. Rogic doesn't really fit into that European scene, you know. But he, 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 certainly, he certainly makes it into a very good level domestically. So, um Hey, look, the only other thing I wanted to say um, about the Dundee game is, yet again, um, set pieces have destroyed uh, the defence. Um, again, some other posts saying um, bottom of the league, better than the, the defence at the top of the league. I think that's a little bit far, but, you know, fair fair interpretation. Bottom of the league are better with set pieces than the top of the league. This has been a problem since Ange just came. And I can only hope Anne sees it and fixes it. And I kind of agree with the sentiment of comments like that, but maybe not necessarily <laughs> the entire. Here we it. go again. Yeah, I, look, I think um, yeah, it's been, we, we we've known set pieces have been a problem before Anne. That's a historical problem. Um, I mean, when Rogers. Yeah, no, absolutely. Last, I was going to say the last Rogers time we was, were good at set pieces was when Ronnie was in charge and we had um, what's his name, Denier and Virgil. As a centre back yeah. pairing, they owned the defensive box and they were a target going forward. We haven't uh, look, had that since. Yes, yeah, since, since Dyler, I to- absolutely agree. I, I, and I, I'm I'm just not astute enough in the tactics of football to understand what's going wrong. 
whether it's man marking or zonal marking or we're not defending as a team or if it's the height of our defenders. John, that's what it is. Oh, I think it has to be. And if it's the coaching, if it's the training, if it's, it's there's got to be, and, and I, and I, you can tell me if I'm wrong here, Jared, but Andrew's probably quite aware of that being a weakness in our team. And he is probably starting. His hair out and abusing the living shit out of everyone. My Christ, yeah. Like, it, 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 he it will be already trying to get some Australian, I don't know, coaches in or, I don't know, some Japanese physios or whatever, the sports site and all that stuff because he can see, he'll be able to see where we need immediate fixes. And that is a really big one. Um, and a team like Dundee should not be scoring two on set pieces against us. We should be, that should be a clean sheet. They were, they were awful goals to concede. But look, I will Jack give Mathis credit where it's due, John, on that, in that I didn't see the pile on on, um, on Kennedy after this weekend's game and that, oh, he's our defensive coach. Yeah. We should be doing better, like we've seen over the last couple of years. Like the pile on's not going on him. So that is good to see. It shows that we are kind of coming up with new material as Celtic fans. <laughs> However, the thing with the set pieces that annoys me is, so I was talking about we went back to Virgil and Denier and that was okay. We've had lineups like even last season we had six foot seven Chris Julian next to six foot five Chris Iyer, and we still concede from corners. Yeah, like look at the like that we have Shane Duffy out there who's six four or whatever. We've had size out there guys who can score a header and defender, and we still had the same issues. So it's not just a this year thing. Um, Strange love the doctor in the comments. Set pieces, keep it simple. Just get on the end of the ball. Exactly. It's not. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. The ball hits. Ball's there. Head of the ball. Clear it. Yeah. Pretty damn simple. Yeah. And I just. I, 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 it is that simple. I just don't understand why that's not. It's not working for us. It should be that simple. I think maybe uh, we're we're trying to defend the player. This sounds stupid, but defend the player too much. That's it. And and not actually watch the ball and defend the ball. I've seen that a couple, couple of times from. I'm thinking of Taylor, Ralston, Starfelt, you know, even maybe some of our midfield players. We don't really, we're not really paying attention to where the ball is in, to an extent. And you're right, it should just be a case of watch the ball and just nut it away. But we don't really do that. I don't know. That needs to be fixed. Yeah. Anyway, so off the back of the win, because it didn't go our way. Like we got the win. It, was, it was, wasn't was ideal way to win it, but, you know, we had uh, George's Jackamacus get asked some questions, and I'm going to read what he said because it's absolute brilliant. However, can you can guarantee going into the next derby that this is going to be printed off and stuck all over the, the locker room at Ibrox. So after his hat trick, he didn't hop back, given his thoughts. He said, of course, it's something that gives us bigger motivation but sometimes it also gives you a little bit of pressure if you know the if you know the bad result of your opponents. So we showed that we're the better team. That's obvious. We showed that we work harder on the field, and I think that we will win the championship. It's something that we definitely want for us, for the club, and for the fans. We have a very strong squad. Every single player can be in the first 11 and make a difference to help the team. So I think that we work a lot. We work hard every day at training at the training center and we show that in the games. So I think with this hard work, we can achieve many things. The squad is really good. I think it's the best in the league. I think we're well prepared for every single game. We have a a very good plan and we try to stay committed. I think we're, we're better in every single part of the team. Mic drop. Boom. Where's the gif of him with the uh, thug life glasses after that? That's the only thing I did. (laughs) Yeah. If anyone saw anything like that, that's still it on Twitter, share it to me. I want to see it. But <laughs> yeah, it was um those are the sort of comments that you love to hear when it's your player. But I can guarantee Ange's heard him say that and would have given him a kick up the ass, something chronic. Don't give the motivation. And you can guarantee if Ben Bronkhurst has anything about him, he'll make sure that that's somewhere in their locker room and at their mm. training center coming into the next derby. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I don't think his comments were, as some have said, unclassy. I think everything he said, well, I mean, what do you expect from a Celtic player? You're obviously going to 
as an employee of a company that you're enjoying your time there, you're going to try and big them up as much as possible. You're going to state how good your company is compared to your um, competitors and all that stuff. So yeah, what, what, what would you expect him to say? Something like, oh yeah, uh, Sevco, they're a very good team and we're just, we're just lucky at the moment. So <laughs> obviously not. He's going to say how well drilled we are and how well we're doing and all of our tactics and stuff. And yeah, and everything he's speaking is just facts anyway. If he come out and said, we're pish, we don't know what we're doing, the manager doesn't know what, what he's doing, and, you know, we just go out and just chase the ball around like a bunch of under eights, then you'd be like, everyone would be like, what is this guy on about? Get him out of the yeah. club. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely, yeah. And there's been, you know, even to a much lesser extent than that, there's been, you know, players in the past who have said, uh, that you know maybe Celtic isn't where they want to be and stuff, and they want to move on, and they're trying to clearly you know get a position elsewhere. But I think Jagamaka's comments were extremely fair, um, accurate, factual, whatever whatever adjective you want to use. They're clearly, I mean, <laughs> we're top of the league, <laughs> so obviously we're the best team. That, that, that's just how that goes, isn't it? If you if you're the worst team you're at the bottom, and if you're the best team you're at the top, it is working. Uh, Jagamaka's is becoming more and more clinical he's getting we could see that where, where beforehand he was you know he was getting chances and he just wasn't quite cutting it you know they weren't quite working out now we're seeing absolute um archetype poacher center forward i to get to get the the um the absolute oh what do you call it the full hat trick whatever it is the perfect hat trick where he left true. yeah left right in the in the head and stuff that is that is a way to, to announce your own form. I, 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 he's undroppable at the moment for me. Absolutely undroppable. And if we can just continue crossing it into him into good positions, he'll continue to score those types of goals. Yeah, well, what you're saying and what he's saying is spot on. Top of the league, three games clear. Most goals scored. So we've scored 60 goals. Rangers have scored 56. Goals against, we've had 17, which is the best defense in the league. Rangers on 22. So he's ticking the boxes on all of them. So he's spot on. It's not like he's just making things up. So, yeah, it's um, I love it. It's good to hear, it but is. at the same time, yeah, we'll um, we'll just see how the season plays out. But yeah, he's in he's in form, and what you said about he hasn't had the best start. No, well, it's a bit hard as a striker when you played at a team that got relegated, even though you're banging in goals, to then come over here. And have to sit behind Kyogo, who's on absolute fire. Yeah. Or trying to build your fitness up because you haven't had a full preseason. To then get injured, to come back, to play a few games, to get injured again, to come back, to play a few games, winter break. That's what's happened. So now he's actually getting a bunch of training together. He's fully fit. He's He's got a run of games and he's starting to bang goals in. He's been getting good opportunities over the last month and hasn't been taking them, enough of them. So it's good to see. And there's there's still been people, I've seen it on Twitter, and, yet, you know, Twitter's an absolute cesspit, but if Jack and Marcus is still unfit, then I'd love to be that unfit. That's all I've got to say. There's all, I've seen those sort of comments that I'm like, some Celtic dars, like, commenting saying, oh, he doesn't look very fit. I mean, like, there's a picture of him with his shirt off with, like, an eight-pack and everything just dominating <laughs> life. I'm like, come God. on, man. I've got the yeah. old baker's dozen gut or whatever here. <laughs> but, yeah, like, he's just up and about. Long may it continue. Yeah, and for sure. I would, and it was good to see a hat, perfect hat-trick from a number seven up front for us. Yeah, look, look you know, and I'll, 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 I'm happy to admit and, and state that I thought he wasn't going to – I was sceptical of his appointment, um, I, you know, I, uh, despite him doing well at Venlo, um, that was the only real season he did well at all. Beforehand, he was he had like maybe 10 goals a season and stuff, and it was much less. Um, so I'm happy to be proven wrong, and it, it appears that this may be the beginning of me being proven wrong, and I'm very happy that that's been happening. Um, and uh, correct me if I'm also wrong, but I believe there was another number seven who had a very poor six months when he came uh, to Celtic and then came on to be the King of Kings. So, yeah. Also hopefully. come from that same Touchwood. league. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Touchwood, that is, you know, we'll see. I'm not saying he'll be as good, but if he's half as good, he'll be a fantastic player. The scary thing with Jacob Marcus, right, is you look at the size of him and 
he comes in and, yeah, you said he's only had one good season before this. But look at the size mm. of the guy. And he's played as a winger his whole career until last year. Yeah, right. There you go. And he finally plays as a center forward and he lead and score in the era Eredivisie. And now you look at what he's doing. And I was like, okay, good to sign him. But I didn't think he'd take the number seven. No chance. And then he gets yeah. it and I'm like, okay, he's got a bit of moxie about him. Okay. I was like, this is either going to go really well or it's going to be um, another Miku. And I'm happy <laughs> yeah. with how it's going. And strange yeah. of the doctor here is like, the fact that he claimed the number seven tells you something about Gigi's attitude. Exactly. So he does. He's not afraid. Long late may it continue. Yep, exactly. So we've got some more good news. Bolly Bolongoli. See you later. Russia. <laughs> To behind enemy lines, John. He's off to FC U, like I think it's UFA or UFA. On loan to the end of the season. Apparently, there's an option to buy. Hopefully, he goes well there, and we can get rid of him permanently in the summer. That's the way I look at it. He's not playing for us now. Free up some wages. I'd rather Taylor Scales get a bunch of opportunities. Not doing anything wrong. Whenever I've seen him out there, well, and Golly's not required. So, <laughs> strange love the doctor. Yeah, see, I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> that is, I was about to say that. That's the that's the best comment so far, I think. Yeah. That, so that was some of World War Three. Um, <laughs> my take is that was um, needed a long time ago to get him out. I, look, I think um, you said that, we've discussed this before with Bongoli and, and maybe he suits Angie's system and the type of uh, player that he is and stuff. There's obviously a reason why Andrew's never really given him much of a chance. I think the guy's biggest problem was his attitude. And we know that from what happened during the COVID season. Um, and clearly, if if he's not been started um, and, and we're putting Juranovic out there and having Ralston on the right and stuff, there's clearly a reason why I, I put that down to attitude. Um, I think, I mean, even, look, the Russian League's not a mugs league, but I think um, UFA, UEFA, however you say it, um, it's probably his standard. I think he'll just disappear into obscurity. Um, and hopefully that that's that's the end of Bolly. I don't know what his contract situation is at Celtic, but hopefully that becomes a permanent deal and he can just disappear. We can be done with him. He signed a four-year deal, so this would be, be a year left this summer. Which is disappointing. I, I want I want rid of him. And and again, like when he started out, um, the, a lot of my you know my family members and stuff, my cousins were saying that he was he was pants and stuff, and we needed to get rid of him and d- disliked him immediately after three four games. And and I would say you know hey give the guy a chance. He's only just started a Celtic. He, you know he needs to settle in and stuff. Unfortunately, he never really got any better. The guy could run. But he would—he could just run at nothing. He'd run into players. He couldn't pass it. He couldn't cross it. He could do nothing but run forward. Uh, how? Why? We have to look at Burke. That's what he is. Oh, He's just yeah, actually, you know not a footballer. Absolutely, Ollie Burke. Yeah, Christ. Um, you know, uh, uh, there is what to the extent that you know when when Sevco fans say, "Hey, when he played against us, he was pants." Ha ha ha! You've signed him, and you obviously go. Sharp, <laughs> you just go. What are you talking about? You, you don't know anything. Um, but you know, clearly, there's a bit of truth in that. We nobody was watching Rapid Vienna, um, apart from Sevco fans because you know they were playing against them. But yeah, so she, I, I, I he, what it was a very bad appointment. But you know, so it could have been guilty of that for a little bit, especially during the Rogers years. Um, yeah. so glad he's off and hopefully it's permanent. Well, the thing is he's going over there to a relegation battle because the team he's going is in second last. And the thing that I want to say where you said there's got to be something going on, probably his attitude with Ange, is a very common theme in Australian sport. It's known as a no dickheads policy. If your attitude sucks and you don't, you're not pulling in the right direction for the team or you're carrying on and making an issues, you're not wanted. You won't get given an opportunity. You'll be frozen out. So I can just pretty much guarantee that's what's happened. He's gone there. Yeah. He thinks he's, you know, he thinks he's too good for his, for his spot in the team. And yeah, it's just not happening for him. So good riddance. Go over and play Absolutely. well though. So even if they don't want to buy you or if they get relegated, they're not going to spend the money on him. But then if he's got a, 
a bunch of work where you can say, this is what he's done. This is how he's been playing. People can see him and scout him. He's in the shop window. Then we can actually sell him and get some money back for him. I'd, I'd, I'd take less than a million for to get rid of him. I'd honestly, uh, even if it was you just, you know, we pay the rest of his contract out. I, I, I don't accept that he had any good attributes about him. Um, I just think he was, it was pants from the start. Because uh, I know obviously there was an argument that, you know, because he was there, or him and Taylor were signed to replace Tierney, X, Y, Z. I just, I just, I don't see his attacking attributes to be anything near, <laughs> nearly as good as Tierney. Yeah, just laughing at strange love with doctors. <laughs> no dickhead's policy would ruin the UK from top down. Yeah, cripple it to its knees. That's very true. Him and Bobby um, have just as bad hairdos as each other when we first signed him. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look. It, um, yeah. Look. I, I don't know if if that would be a possibility. Even you know, save a bit of money to pay his contract out and, and, you know, use the savings, I guess, um, obviously not paying him wages to buy a better player. We obviously aren't going to do that anyway, whether he's on the books or not, but um, hopefully look, you know, best, best to him. I don't think, um, I don't think everyone made the best decisions during COVID. Um, we know certainly those Celtic players that um, mucked up Celtic players now, but um, you know, hadn't had house parties and stuff like that. And we had, how about our, you know, fucking leaders um, having parties and stuff. So, you know, it's it's unfair to say that he took all the blame during the COVID stuff and the COVID season. Um, but you're right. His attitude was clearly poor then, probably not gotten any better. Um, I wish him well, but, you know, he's just not red. He's not right for Celtic. Yeah, exactly. So we'll just, on the weekend, Celtic versus Hibs in the, in the league. Um, yeah, should be should be an interesting game. Hibs are in um, some pretty average form, to be honest with you. One win, three losses, and a draw in their last five. But they're still in fourth spot. How the hell they have had 11 losses and they're in fourth is beyond me. It's a bit of a weird... Um, it's a weird table one this year, isn't it? League because you've got St. Mirren, seven wins, seven losses, 12 draws, and they're in seventh. And then you've got Hibbs and Dundee and Motherwell, so fourth, fifth, sixth, nine wins, seven draws, 11 losses. So it's all those, uh, it's just really weird that. But anyway, I just noticed it now. But yeah, I think the game is Hibbs. It'll be, I think it'll, it won't be an easy game. It's at Easter Road, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I just looked up. Yeah, it's at Easter Road. So it won't be an easy one. Um, we've we've always had made had hard time going there the last five six years. So yeah, I don't know. I think I think we'll get the win, but I'm thinking it'll be probably two nil. It'll be an early goal and a late goal. I don't see us absolutely tearing them to shreds. What do you think, John? Uh, I agree. Easter Road has always been a difficult place for us. Um, I believe we've been doing slightly better of recent, um, which might, you know, show how well, how well we're, you know, our form and stuff and, and Andrew's system um, because it's sort of suiting that barrage of attack that hips tend to, hips tend to come out and play against Celtic, don't they? They, they, they? they don't sit back like other teams do. So, that you know, they want to try and take points off us if they can. Um I, I think, you know, you're absolutely right. Hibs seem to be in a bit of a dip, but um, it seems like uh, the Glasgow teams and the Edinburgh teams seem to be the powerhouses this season. So they're, they're going to want to get points. Um, I think, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jared, but they're, I don't think they're catching hearts this season. I think they're quite far behind. I think it's like 10 points or 12 points or something um, or less, maybe, I don't know, whatever. Um, so I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a tough game. I, I haven't seen, oh, I haven't, I don't remember Celtic scoring in the first sort of 15, 20 minutes. So I don't think we I don't think we'll get early goals and late goals. I think we might see uh, a couple of goals scored around about the half time mark, maybe just before, maybe just after. Um so yeah, I, I mean it could be 2-0. I could see it being 2-0. I think 3-1 or something like that is also pretty reasonable. Um I I I, I want to see Julian back playing. I really, really do. It might not be the right time with Hibbs and stuff, but um me personally, I'd be dropping staff out. I think he's too much of a liability. Screams of a Simonovic for me, and you've called him Boyata at times as well. Um, I want Julian back in. I think Julian and Carl Vickers would be a, a really, really good pairing. Um, 
and hopefully if that sort of works out then we're gonna have clean sheets again so um yeah let's let's go let's go uh let's go three one for me um and i think it's all going to be i think they're gonna be squad around the halftime mark i can tell you when when we played julian i think he'd play because we've got hibs on the weekend then next wednesday we've got st mirren at at home you'd play him in that game probably because yeah. the game the following weekend we're playing livingston away and you know him on that plastic pitch at livy <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you'd target him to get out there and have a run in the St. Mirren game. Totally agree. Maybe that's a better game to play him at, but he he needs he needs um he needs minutes, he needs time and stuff. So maybe he comes on. Um the, yeah. The funny thing got... you mentioned, John, is um you know you were saying you don't see him catching hibs. Uh hibs catching hearts, I mean. No, so I don't, yeah. He's got us in Rangers. Three points apart. Then there's a twenty point gap from second to third. Then there's a nine point gap to fourth through to seventh or eighth. And it's all three points for all those teams. So wow. it's crazy how how tight it is from say your your hibs and all that mark down. It's crazy. Yeah. It's and and that's a that is a race, let's be honest, because that's European football now. I mean again. I believe I'm right here, but as of next season, you've got automatic entry Champions League for the first place. I think it's playoffs or Champions third league. league. Champions, yeah. Champions, Champions League for the second. Third and fourth. Conference. Trade into, one's into Europa. And the I, think other the, two I, I think Europa's reserved for the winner of the um, Scottish Cup. And I think third and fourth is for the conference. I believe it's right. something like that. That's probably what it is, yeah. So, but but regardless, it, there's European football to be played for the third and fourth, right? So that is a, that is a, and that's a good revenue, right? That's that's good income for those type for the teams around about that level. Um, so yeah, exactly. that is a race. That is a race for also, sure. Yeah. So it's close for top half, bottom half as well after the split. Oh so, yeah. Yep. It'll be interesting Absolutely. to see how that all plays out. Now, uh, went to our final thoughts here, John. So, you you got one ready to go, or do you want me to just rip you into a couple? Oh, uh, yeah. Look, I, just after um, Jackamacus's comments, I'm going to butcher this, by the way. But after Jackamacus's comments, I found a, somebody posted something on the Sydney City um, CFC chat, and it says uh, Glasgow's Gaelic name for Glasgow. Glash Cow, I don't know how you say it, means Green Glen. So no matter what, everybody, Glasgow is always green. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> don't know if we have any Gaelic or Irish speakers, but <laughs> that's apparently what Glasgow means. Green well, Glen. Happy days. That's what we like. I was just going to say, um, for the final thought, I think what Aberdeen have done, looking at the rest of the league, Aberdeen signing Jim Goodwin as their new manager is a good signing for them. I think that's he's probably been one of the the same way Callum Davison was last season. Is is what Jim Goodwin's been this season. He's doing a, been done a good job with St Mirren. It's good to see him make that step up in the league. So I think that's a good pickup. And then Robinson coming back up the road to take over at St Mirren. It's also a great pickup for them. Um two guys who in the future I wouldn't be surprised to see linked to the Celtic job when Andrew eventually has enough and decides it's time to go, uh, you know, win, win the Champions League. Yeah. He doesn't do it. At yeah. Very true. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll uh, get stuck in Celtic and, uh, yeah, hopefully we can get this win. I've been up doing a job in Norway. Yeah. That's the job. Get up there, get the win, keep it going, and off we go. Fingers crossed. Hail, hail. Hail, hail. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 